KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm John Carolyn for Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, October 14th. Residents of Imperial County are hoping for a lithium gold rush. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Health officials are predicting a much worse flu season than last year, and so far it's taking its toll on schools across the county. Hundreds of students are out sick right now at Patrick Henry and Del Norte High Schools alone. San Diego County health officials say many students may be sick because of a mixture of a bad flu season and other illnesses. Health officials are urging San Diegans to get their flu shots as soon as possible. Violent crimes in the San Diego region were up during the first half of the year compared to last year, but property crimes were down. That's according to a report released yesterday by Sandag. The report found the number of reported homicides increased by 4% and robberies increased 15% respectively compared to last year. The number of reported rapes and aggravated assaults decreased during the first six months of the year, but they were the second highest number reported since 2012. Property crime rates were 2% lower compared to last year. More than 26,000 property crimes were reported between January and June. It's all tied up as the Padres prepare for Game 3 of the National League Division Series at Petco Park today. Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado led the 5-3 win for the Padres in Game 2 against the L.A. Dodgers Wednesday. They both hit solo home runs. Game 3 will be played at Petco Park, hosting its first San Diego Padres postseason series in 16 years. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The future of electric cars has created an enormous demand for lithium, and Imperial County is rich in deposits. Companies are prepared to mine the metal suspended in salty underground water, but who will reap the financial rewards? KPBS science and technology reporter Thomas Fudge has this second story in a two-part series. Maria Nava Frolik is a 40-year employee of the Calipatria School District. She is also the mayor pro tem of Calipatria, and she tells me there is a lot that is missing from her town. Visit our communities and see for yourself how rural and how impoverished we are. We want to thrive like other municipalities, like other communities. The realities of high unemployment, lack of retail businesses, and few career opportunities are as stifling here as the triple-digit temperatures in the summer. Some, like Luis Olmedo, executive director of the Comité Civico del Valle, says distribution of what money there is has not been equitable. Anytime there's an opportunity, we've been exploited as a community. That was really a rallying point that says, hey, wait a minute. We're going to pull together because if we don't work together, every other interested party that is seeing a financial opportunity is going to tear us apart. 
and we're going to end up with nothing but extraction and no benefits in our own community. The extraction he's talking about is the future mining of heavy deposits of lithium, which is suspended in underground brine water. And this time, the wheels of politics have guaranteed that some money will remain in the Imperial Valley and hopefully benefit many of the people who need it. State Assembly member Eduardo Garcia, a Democrat who represents Imperial County, was behind a bill signed by Governor Newsom. It will levy an excise tax on every ton of lithium that is recovered in the valley, and every penny of tax revenue is staying in the valley. 80% will go to the county for purposes of reinvestment into the community. 30% of that 80 will be directed towards communities closest to the lithium recovery activities. The remaining 20% will go to Salton Sea Restoration. The County Board of Supervisors will have to decide what reinvestment initiatives deserve funding. Garcia says officials have raised the question at community meetings. If you live in the North End, there are issues related to water and sewer infrastructure. They're looking for investments that will lead to economic development opportunities. There's a town on the North End that doesn't have a grocery store. The excise tax that will be levied on lithium extractions will ultimately reach $800 a ton. Industry is not happy about it. David Spomer is CEO of Energy Source. They are planning to build a billion-dollar expansion to their geothermal plant to begin mining lithium in 2025. When the governor's office indicated that they were going to support this industry. We we're thankful. That's great. But the first thing that happened was they put a $800 a ton lithium tax on us. And I, I was kind of shocked that that was how they were going to help this industry take off. But Spomer says they've come to terms with the tax. And Mayor Nava Frolik is very upbeat, calling the lithium industry a game changer for the Valley. In a related development, San Diego State University received an $80 million check from the state to build a STEM research and education facility at its Imperial Valley campus in Brawley. San Diego State President Adela De La Torre spoke at a recent community forum in Brawley and offered this bright vision for the future. This is a moment in history and time where we really can transform the valley so that we can really create a vision that allows our students to stay in the valley, have opportunities in the valley, and become the leaders of the valley in so many different ways. Spomer with Energy Source says he welcomes the training offered by San Diego State and Imperial Valley College. He says it's important to recruit, train people who are from the valley because outsiders who move here typically don't last very long. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. Yesterday morning, work crews and top state officials gathered in Poway, where work began installing a fiber optic cable to provide broadband internet throughout the state. The underground cable will eventually be 10,000 miles long. It will run through rural and urban places in a state where one out of five people don't have broadband access. State Secretary of Transportation Taksomi Shokin has a list of things that start with E that people have to find online. There are some E's that uh, we like to talk about all the time that make this, uh, sort of drive this home to what it's going to do for people from an economic standpoint, from an equity standpoint, from an employment standpoint, from even emergency and even healthcare standpoint, this is going to mean access. 
The broadband cable will cost $3.8 billion, much of it federally funded, and it must be completed by 2026. Parents protested yesterday outside the headquarters of the San Dieguito Union High School District, rallying against anti-Semitism. Last month, a 7th grade history teacher at Carmel Valley Middle School displayed a picture of Adolf Hitler on a bulletin board, alongside honored heroes like Martin Luther King Jr. and Mahatma Gandhi. Despite apologies from the school principal and the district superintendent, parents like Jonathan Gale say more has to be done to correct what happened. This is rooted in a deep negative bias uh, against Jewish people. You know, that's potentially priming the pump for a lot of kids to question the legitimacy or or the reality that, that the Holocaust was. Interim Superintendent Tina Douglas has said district officials will meet with Jewish community leaders for what she calls a listening session. Douglas also committed to additional anti bias training for all faculty and staff. Coming up, we have some weekend arts events worth checking out. We'll have that and more just after the break. I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Now that Europe has reopened its doors to tourism, many eager, soon-to-be travelers are planning long-awaited vacations across the continent. If this describes you, you might want to check out a new six-hour series from Rick Steves called Art of Europe. The series starts with the Stone Age and Ancient Greece and finishes with the Modern Age, telling stories about famous works of art, the artists that made them, and the history that inspired them. KPBS reporter Andrew Bowen spoke with Rick Steves about the new series and began by asking him why he wanted to focus a series on the art of Europe. Here's their conversation. Well, you know, all my life uh, in my career, I've been teaching European travel. And a huge part of European travel is getting excited about the art. And way back when I was a college student, I was giving a six-hour all-day talk about European art and how to make it fun and meaningful. And uh, over the last decades, I've written books and made apps and taken tours, all um, sort of designed to help people understand why we need to understand and appreciate and enjoy art. It's a, a big part of your travels. 
And I've really found the more you bring to it, the more you get out of it, and it should be fun. So we had the challenge of distilling the whole exciting story of European art from the prehistoric times to the Pantheon into six one-hour programs. And it's been a two-year project, and we've drawn on 20 years of shooting in the greatest galleries and palaces and museums around Europe. And it's for me, it's just so exciting as a tour guide and a travel teacher and an art enthusiast to finally have it available on uh, public broadcasting. You mentioned you start with prehistory. Give us a brief outline of what eras of art and culture you'll be taking a look at. Well, the big challenge, Andrew, was to break it into you know six one-hour segments, and uh, I wanted to you know be concise and kind of have an overview and respect people's attention span. And uh, we broke it into these six hours. And for a quick overview, the first hour is prehistoric through Egypt and ancient Greece. The next hour is a thousand years of Rome from 500 BC to 500 AD. The third hour is a thousand years of uh, medieval history from about 500 to 1500. Fourth hour is the Renaissance, and that's about 200 years from 1400 to 1600 in very general terms. The fifth hour would be Baroque, followed with neoclassical, and that's 1600 to the French Revolution or after that around 1800. And then the final hour is the Romantic movement right into the modern age, basically from 1850 or so until today. And um, the wonderful challenge and the tough challenge of deciding what should make the cut and then going to Europe and getting permission to get into all these amazing places and bring home the footage and and lace it into this six-hour story. And um, man, when I get to, I've been sweeping through the shows just as we finished things off in the last month, and and I'm, it's just so darn beautiful. The stuff we've made over the centuries and in European art is just so much fun to actually appreciate, enjoy, and to understand. My husband and I just traveled to Europe this past summer, and we waited in lines to see the David and Florence. We packed into this tight viewing area to see the Mona Lisa in Paris. And those works, of course, are beautiful. But I'm wondering, what are some less famous works of art, off the beaten path, so to speak, where the crowds might not be as intense and and viewers might still really love them? Andrew, the fact is American tourists all go to the same places. So it's no wonder Mona Lisa is going to be packed and Michelangelo's David is going to be packed and the Sistine Chapel is going to be packed. And those are great sites, but there's plenty of opportunities to get off the beaten path. And what I like to do is find new artists that I didn't know I was so excited about. Fra Angelico, he's the greatest of the high middle age painters. And for him, you know, they say painting was a form of prayer and he couldn't paint a crucifix without weeping. Um, There's some incredible sensuous tapestries that came out of the late middle ages. Um, One is called the lady and the unicorn, and it just celebrates people enjoying life and and actually getting sensuous about things. And, And to see the smirks and the innuendo in the art from five or 600 years ago, is amazing. To know that um, art is propaganda and then to see it through the proper um, lens so you can imagine what was going on back then is just so much fun. And our challenge is not only to not just go to the most famous places, but to bring some understanding with us. People ask me, how can you, you know, well, there's two things. How can you avoid the crowds and how can you save some money? About saving money, it's going to cost us all about the same to go into these palaces and galleries. But those who bring an understanding get triple the joy out of it. And as far as crowds go, the thing about COVID is it has taught Europe that they need to control crowds better. And they've got this situation where everybody wants to go to the same places. So the most crowded places are now 
by appointment only in general. And if you need to get a reservation, just do it. Do it in advance. And then you'll go to these places. And even though they are really famous, Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, for instance, they only allow a couple dozen people in at a time. And it's just uh, available now for people who get that appointment in advance. Uh, but um, to answer your question, there are so many artists that we don't appreciate until we learn about them, until the, until we see them over there in their original situation. I, I just love finding a new artist that I didn't know I liked so much. You know, there's Mucha for the Art Nouveau. There's David for the French Revolution. Of course, there's Klimt in the modern age in Vienna. And uh, it feels fun to go home knowing a new artist, but it's just a, a lifelong challenge for us to understand and get turned on by the art. And that's what I'm excited about this project that we've got Europe distilled into six hours so people can see that it's fun and it's meaningful. And the more you understand it, the more you'll enjoy it. That was Rick Steves, the author and host of Travel with Rick Steves, speaking with KPBS reporter Andrew Bowen about his new upcoming series, Art of Europe. It debuts tomorrow on KPBS-TV at 4 p.m. For the fifth year, the local arts organization Write Out Loud hosts Poe Fest, a celebration of author Edgar Allan Poe and all things macabre. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando has this preview. Poe Fest bears the name of Edgar Allan Poe because it celebrates the macabre themes that he made perversely enthralling. Poe himself commented on his legacy. It has been the case throughout history that humans grow fascinated, curious about madness and mental fragility. That said, I offer this bit of caution to young readers. Be cautious when you seek madness. You just may find it. Okay, that's not actually the author, but rather Travis Rhett Wilson, who channels Poe and performs The Raven at Write Out Loud's immersive Poe Fest. You can also meet Mary Shelley and Shakespeare's The Weird Sisters as Poe Fest runs the next three weekends at the Villa Montezuma Museum. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. And before you go, we have some weekend arts events worth checking out, thanks to KPBS's Julia Dixon-Evans. The music that you're listening to from the opera Carmen is provocative, moody, and gloriously showboating. The opera Carmen is set in Spain, about a gypsy named Carmen, and a soldier involved in tragic seduction and jealousy. You can see the Pacific Lyric Association production this weekend at the California Center for the Arts in Escondido. The opera starts at 7 p.m. tonight and tomorrow, and at 3 p.m. on Sunday. There will also be more performances of the production next weekend at the Joan B. Crock Theater. And if you'd like to check out some visual art, there's a new exhibition called Beside Herself, now on view. The art exhibition by artist Lonnie Emanuel is a series of large figurative paintings that show the formative years of a girl's life, showcasing joy to grief to annoyance and awkwardness. It's on view through February 26 next year at the Oceanside Museum of Art. You can find more details about the arts events mentioned and more at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast was produced by KPBS editor Joe Guerin and producer Emmeline Mohebi. 
As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm John Carroll. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.